Boom shakalaka. That's the obligatory phrase that I start my podcast with. It's all good. Want to say something for me, Thee? Hi, my name is Thee. I'm here today joining Crystal on this Crystal journey. Yo, wait, wait, wait. I'm the one that's introducing <laughs> things, right? It's my podcast. Don't be taken over. This is what girls do. They, they get in your home and they want to take over everything. They start rearranging <laughs> stuff and they get ahead of themselves. This is my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, brothers and sisters around the world, I am broadcasting through both TikTok and I'm recording this for uh, the viewers on my YouTube channel and all the other social media platforms. This is the first for me. I don't usually do my podcast stuff on TikTok, but we'll see how it goes. Everyone, what's happening? You might be used to typically seeing me <coughs> serenading the senoritas on the TikTok live streams, but today I got the amazing Fee in the house. Uh, she, You know what I've called this podcast? Yeah. What it? <laughs> I've called it um, Theology. 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 You like what I, you see what I did there? You like mm -hmm. that? Very pun intended. Love <laughs> it. Absolutely. Because I know you're very much into consciousness, spirituality. Theology is the study of, well, the existence, God, nature of things, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into that. But we're also going to talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Thea is very multidimensional. She's all about the consciousness, but she's very also much. about having a good time. Yeah, I'm all a bit of everything. Uh, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Um, just to get things underway, you can find me on chrisshule.com or you can find me on tiktok just give us a follow tell your mom tell your friends and uh yeah just share this share this to a complete not a stranger and tell them to check it out tell them chrisshule sent you uh you can also follow me on patreon if you want to support me i tend to put these live podcasts up on patreon first just so the uh subscribers get a taste of the uh, of what's going on before everyone else does just um, but it's only for as little as one dollar a month. You guys can support me if you feel so inclined. Alrighty, let's get this show underway. So, Fee, Fee, mm -hmm. where does your name come from? You're you're obviously not from around these parts, are you? Yeah, I mean, I'm from Vietnam. I was born there. I came here when I was two years old. Okay. So that's is that, where the name came from. All right. Is is that a common Vietnamese name? That's a very common Vietnamese name, actually. Fee. Yeah, Fee. I've noticed they tend to have a lot of. Short mm -hmm. names that like that, like yeah, T, yeah, yeah, P, yeah, like King, usually three Wing. letter words. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, I like the uh, yeah. the Vietnamese way of things. It's like just short and sweet. Yeah, short and sweet. Kind of like you, short and sweet. You're a little Thank pocket you. rocket, aren't you? I'm a fun size. Yeah. How, what, what what size are you? Well, I'm, oh no, I'm not talking about bra size. You, you got to be taking it there already. No, no, we're gonna get into that stuff a bit later. I'm just talking about your size in terms, like what what what's your height? <laughs> See, girls always have to be taken at somewhere dirty. I'm not the, I'm not like that, ladies and gentlemen. I am clean. I'm a I'm a gentleman. I do not talk about such inappropriate things in the presence of a lady. No. What 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 what's your height? I am one sixty. One sixty. Cool. I am about seven inches. Oh wait wait wait. I mean I'm 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 about we're talking about we're talking about height 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 height. I am. I don't know. I'm five eleven. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Do you find that it is advantage being small? Like, you, can you get into little places that no one else can? Like, you know, when you had to, because I remember as a kid, mm -hmm. whenever we were locked out, my, my dad would like, you know, just pop me through the window, lift me up, and I'd crawl up there because I could fit in. 
Is it like that with you? You get all, you get special access because you're a, a pocket rocket? Yeah, exactly. Like hiding from my parents when they want to smack me. Oh, I can smack. I those little like cabinets, you know, you're tiny, s- tiny little cabinets. Let, let's talk about that because we have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Your parents would beat the shit out of you growing up, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an Asian thing. It's an a- it's it's a it's a black th- it's a black and East thing, you know. Yeah, black people, black yeah, Asian, you know, they tend to have a habit of like as a kid. One of my earliest memories is going to school and not getting things right, so I get smacked on the hand, mm-hmm. and that was just a common thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are probably all new, you know, Generation Zs and whatnot, and you're not familiar with the idea of beating the shit out of kids when they don't get things right. But that was a thing for. All of history, right? I'm always dropping the knowledge here. For most of all of history, parents and people would beat the shit out of kids when they didn't do things properly. Or they just, you know, were too slow. And it's only been a recent event where um, now kids uh, call, you know, child abuse and things like that. We mm-hmm. would always threaten call child abuse as a mm-hmm, kid. Mm-hmm. But my mom would never believe us, you know. And yeah. I don't think we ever would have, you know. Because, you know, we know that as soon as that child abuse person came in and went out, we'd get an even heavier beating. Exactly. But anyway, so exactly. what were your beatings like? What kind of beatings did your parents use on you? <laughs> um, I would say just, you know, like chasing me around the house with like pretty much any weapon, okay? Like chopsticks, anything nearby. Chopsticks, broomsticks, butcher's knife. Butcher's anything. knife? Yeah. This sounds anything, like something out of anything. Looney Tunes cartoon. A shoe, a shoe, a hat. A shoe, I don't understand. Know, yeah, I got anything. a shoe. Yeah, yeah but I mean, this. There's a big Every, difference between yeah, a, a butcher's knife and a shoe. Anything could have become a weapon, you know, in that moment. Was it kind of like a threat and, you know, I'll get you with this thing or do they actually, like, take a swipe at you with, with, with butcher's knives and things like that? Um, they would try to take a swipe at me and I'll be, like, running for the Wow, kills. that does not <laughs> sound like um, disciplinary action. That just sounds like um, yeah. you were kidnapped. It's kind of <laughs> like that being a kid, it right? It feels like it. Yeah, but yeah, I was so desensitized from there. You know what I mean? Sensitized, like, yeah, desensitized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I hear you. I hear you. it. Were you brought up here? Like, as mm-hmm. yeah, do mm-hmm. you speak Vietnamese? Yeah, I speak b- both languages fluently. No way. I'm fluent in both. Say, say something so. in Vietnamese for us. <laughs> say, say, um, well, I like I chocolate. Gu- I know how I know what chocolate sounds like in basically every language, so yes. I'll know if you're telling the truth. Say, um, I like chocolate boys in Vietnamese. Do you really want me yeah, to I say want, that? I want, I want to hear it. I'll know if you're telling the truth. Um, tôi thích bạn da đen. That's not. No, I didn't eat chocolate there. Do I have to say the word you chocolate? Got, yes, of course. I, I see. Did, I see. I, I, did I in Vietnamese. What was the Vietnamese word for chocolate? Bing bong chocolate. What? It's like in every other language, chocolate sounds almost like chocolate. But you Vietnamese have to go out and do something completely different. Chocolate is dung. What the? Is that even a word? What is that? How dare you <laughs> not pronounce chocolate in a chocolatey kind of way? What what does chocolate sound like in Vietnamese again? <laughs> but I love all the intonations you guys have. Like, you know, it's like because when I when, if I try to speak Vietnamese, I'd I'd sound like this, like ming dang god mine, or I would one day Yeah, but you yeah, guys have, have some the really. It, it goes, it dips really low, and then it soars again, and it dips, yeah, yeah. and yeah. But so it, it's it amazing. It's like, practice. it's like a magical power that mm-hmm. only Vietnamese people have. You know, like, do um, you guys get gifted like some special ability to speak your language um, when you're born in that Vietnamese-like way, or is it something you just I, learn? You just learn. I think everyone, as a kid, is like a sponge. You, just, you absorb yeah. 
whatever is around you. And at the same time, it's so much easier for you to learn things because you're yeah. not. Yeah, well, you come in. We can't see your beautiful face. These people here want to see you. You know, not this um, annoying chocolate smile of mine. Um, wow. So you speak more than one language. Mm-hmm. I've always been impressed by people that do that. No, but of course I speak several languages. Um, you know, because I'm very cultured. I speak um. Africanese. Mm-hmm. What does that to say? I like chocolate, and I like it when girls like chocolate boys. That's mm-hmm. how you say it in Africanese. Wow. No. So what, what? What was the chocolate word? Jangubli. That, many, that doesn't sound like chocolate. Well, it, well, it, there are many ways of saying um, chocolate in um, in Africanese. Um, the, di- the different yeah. dialects. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um. Tell me more about this life of yours. I mean, you, you, you obviously, you clearly went through some trauma, I'd imagine, growing up as a kid, being mm-hmm. chased by butcher's knives. I mean, mm-hmm. is that something all Vietnamese people go through? Is that, was that just something that happened to you? I'd say, I, I, I have to say, it was, it's a generalized thing, but a lot, of, a lot of Asian parents tend to do that when they get mad. That's how they, they get into fight mode, you know what I mean? They, they, they want to fight you. They want to like, beat you. They want to like destroy you. Yeah. So like in order to break you down completely, so then you can come back up. You know what I mean? So then you they want to break you completely down. Yeah. So then you can like become a better person. That's how. Yeah, that's, that's that's brainwashing. That's like exactly. classic brainwashing one on one. You break someone yeah, down yeah, and then you yeah, build them up exactly. again. You know, it's funny. You always associate certain characteristics to cultures. I mean, some people say that's racist. I say it's just well, it's just reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's like black people are known for running fast and you know having big, big hearts, and uh, you know like some you know everyone has different. Different things. I think that's fair to say, right, guys? All right. Vietnamese people, let, let me know if you think this is an accurate characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just Asian people in general. Mm-hmm. They're notorious for being, like, I want to say, how do I say this politically correct? Um, uh, busy drivers. <laughs> busy drivers. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, you know how people always make, like, uh, racist comments in regards to... Uh, Asians being like um, like Asian drivers because they're really fast. Mm-hmm. But I think that, let me know, like in Vietnam, Vietnam do, you, do you have like a lot of people driving in the streets and everyone kind of just cuts people there's off? There's no lane. That's there's no why. lanes? Yeah. There's well, no there you lane. go. That's yeah. 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 And it's pretty much the same over here. That's that's the mentality they, they had. Yeah. So they're just going to bring it over here and apply that mentality. You know? Absolutely. It's not going to change. What other mentalities do you have um, in Vietnam? In Vietnam? You, you mentioned you guys tend to like to beat your, your kids, like us Africans, you know, it's common. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you guys just like to fight in general? Because I'm, I'm guessing, like, martial arts is a big thing in Vietnam as well, right? Um, it's, I guess, cause Asians, I would have to say Asians, we feel things intensely. We're just intense people. And Passion. we like to take it out verbally or physically, you know what I mean? Physically. We don't even have to have, like, martial arts skills. You know, a lot of us don't watch that. I mean, women, we don't, we don't watch that. Okay. But yeah, we tend to be even more violent than men. So that's oh, wow. that's so you, that you, interesting. The ladies point. will get the, the butcher's knives, yeah, you know? They, the guys will like yeah, you think the wrap man, their fists with you gloves. You think the guy yeah. would be the one running around with a butcher's knife, but it's yeah. actually the women. Yeah. But I, men, yeah, men do do violence. So they do like um, use physical like abuse. But sure. The women are the ones running around with the weapons. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, we live in this world where everyone wants to call everything violence. Like, that's a notion of violence. But yeah, yeah, when someone's like beating the shit out of you, that's what I, what I call real violence. I actually heard a story one time. I don't want to be presumptuous and say it was from someone from Vietnam, but I'm pretty sure it was an Asian um, situation where basically some guy was cheating, you know, um, and uh, his wife found out and mm-hmm. cut his dick off, literally cut his dick mm-hmm. off, right? 
and fed it to uh, some like ducks or something like that. Yeah. And uh, they, this guy was able to like. Can you imagine waking up like that? Oh God! Every guy, th- that's gonna be your worst nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently, they, he was able to find, you know, the, his his appendage and was able to get sewn back. I heard this story like years ago. I don't even know if it's true. I presume it's true, mm-hmm. but I'm sure something like that has happened in an Asian country before. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, hell hath no fury like um, an Asian woman <laughs> that has been betrayed. But I think this just goes, I don't want to be, you know, obviously sexist. I think this just goes out to people in general, right? It's like when people feel like they're betrayed. Yeah. Um, they come after you with a butcher's knife. Yeah. Yeah. People naturally, we don't, we don't want to lose. We all have an ego. And yeah. we just don't want to lose. A lot. That's, that's human nature. Well, it's, yeah, the thing is, I mean, I... I don't like losing in, let's say, Call of Duty because I'm competitive mm-hmm. about that. But in other things, it's like, I don't care. It's like, if I'm if I'm having sex, it's like, I'm quite happy for you to beat me, you know? It's like, I kind of I kind of like the idea of being thrown around like that, kind of you know, dominated. That, that's just me, you know? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to beat the shit out of you. And, uh, you know, I think it's all about how you handle loss, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you handle loss? You seem like a very uh, spiritually enlightened uh, soul sister. How do you handle a... Well, well, the, the thing we need to know, everything's neutral, right? Everything's mm-hmm. neutral. We are the ones that add meaning to things. I see where you're going with you this. You know what I mean? All right, come yeah. in here so we can see your so, face. All right, this sounds deep. All right. <laughs> so, obviously, people who are close to us hurt us the most. Mm-hmm. We need to choose the ones that's worth hurting us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, sure. so, that's that's um that's something that I... That's the mentality that I have because um, I realize there's so many people that aren't worth me getting hurt over, right? Sure. But in terms of like, you know, like um, how to deal with loss, I just sort of just... Say lo- lust or loss. loss. Sorry, yeah. loss. So when like it they're connected, like right? loss... Yeah, when you I lose someone, you like lust <laughs> after him. So, sorry, go on. <laughs> go on. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, exactly. And the, you, you and just, the dick grow longer. You just longer. learn to accept it. You, just lo- you, you know that everything's impermanent in life. You accept it and you let go. Yeah. yeah. That's it's ho- easier said than done, though. It's obviously easier said than done. But that's why I say I go back to choose the people that are worthy of you getting hurt. You know, because when people that you love mm. want to hurt you eventually. Sure. So what, what, if, what if there are people that are in your family or part of your community... <laughs> and you don't think they're worth it. I mean, you know, what do you do then? Do you like, oh, I don't like you, even though you're my sister. Like, you're not worth my suffering. I still respect that person. I would, I would still respect. <laughs> I would still, I would still send them like love. You know what I mean? Like mm. universal love, that kind of love. Yeah. You know? um, it's but a challenging thing, right? I would definitely though, right? set my boundaries. I won't. Um, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you've read my book. You know, I wrote a book. I kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, are, I actually made the same points. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you did. yeah. The shameless plug here, ladies and gentlemen. I I did recently put out my first book. It's called Vegan Prince Warrior King. It's all about, um, yeah, just being, <clears throat> being a champion for uh, not just yourself, you know, because I think um, one of the best ways to help other people is to help you, yourself, but also being a, a, a champion for all the beings that we share this planet with. So that's the Earthlings. That's not just your family, but everyone, the animals that we share this planet with. But yeah, I, I I feel like that's a really important thing to like cast a wider net of compassion towards everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that something that you find? Because everyone's everyone's easy to most do? likely everyone's probably had some sort of trauma in their life, and mm-hmm. and since they don't know 
how to work a way through that trauma, they put it out, put it out on you. They take it out on you. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen that many times. There are some, everyone looks at trauma as being a bad thing. And I think mm-hmm. generally it is. But I know there are some people that actually turn their trauma into something powerful. Like, yeah. like Billy Carson. Yeah, like I, I was course. listening to this yeah. podcast where he's talking about how uh, he, he went to see some kind of like neuro, neurosurgeon scientist or something like that. This guy does a brain scan on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the common thing you see is when people dealt with a lot of trauma, it actually shows up in their brain. Yeah. And sure. he's someone yeah. that has gone through a lot of trauma, right? Yeah. Like unbelievable stuff. But what's happened with him is his brain looks like it's, you know, it's, it's actually on point, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason being he moves himself into the state of mind where he starts looking for solutions. He, yeah. It's like the trauma doesn't negatively affect him in the same way it affects other people. Like mm-hmm, pe- A lot of people mm-hmm, experience mm-hmm. flight of flight and mm-hmm, they become mm-hmm. incapable of expressing themselves, thinking straight. Yeah. He's able to bypass that and actually look for solutions. You know, There's this thing um, called the reticular activating system and people speak about the law of attraction. Like this is the key thing um, within that. Ultimately, people say, you know, there are all these things that you need to do in order to achieve your goals, right? Like the law of attraction, you know, you need to, uh, you attract what you focus your mind on. Ultimately, what the reticular activating system does, it's basically this mechanism within you where when you think about something, your subconscious, call it what you will, it starts looking for things that can help you achieve that goal. Like the way that the brain works, it's constantly looking for mm-hmm. things to solve a solution unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by simply focusing on something, if you want something, unconsciously there's this amazing inherent ability where you start looking for solutions and then you, it starts seeing as if everything is coming to you. It's like you meet this person when in reality these things were there. It's just you weren't noticing it. Exactly. But now your mind's yeah. on it. It mm-hmm. seems as if all of this stuff is coming into mm-hmm. your life and making your goal possible when in, in actual act, actuality it's just – Focus. You know, you got to focus your mind like a laser on mm-hmm. what you want, and then it finds its way to you. Because every every thought has a corresponding vibration to it. So if you have a high frequency thought, that will channel a high frequency vibration. You're sending it out there, and you'll get it back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the phrase um, "your your your vibe attracts your tribe." You know, mm, and vibes speak louder mm-hmm. than words because you find if you are not on the same frequency as someone, as much as you claim, I love everybody, I feel like we're all love and yeah. you know, I'm going <laughs> to be around anyone, but you'll find just through circumstances, you end up repelling each other, you know, and if you fight it, uh, it's just like, th- it's discord. It's like trying to play two notes that shouldn't be together and saying, no, I'm going <laughs> to make it work, you know, mm-hmm, and then it doesn't mm-hmm, work. You know, this mm-hmm, used to be my mm-hmm. thing when I was, you know, making songs that always try to ignore the laws of music and my friends would get annoyed. You can't do that, Krishna. Yeah. You, know, you can't play that chord with that, you know, the, these notes. I'm like, no, nah, I'll do it my own way. But it doesn't sound right, you know? But mm-hmm. when, obviously, you play the right notes mm-hmm. or you, you are around the right kind of people, because there mm-hmm. is a science to this mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, mm-hmm. hang out with people that make you feel good. I mean, granted, you know, it's good to be challenged by things, but trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's coherence. So when your mind's thinking of one thing, your heart's feeling another thing that's incoherence right mm-hmm. so you want things to be co- you want the mind to be coherent but you also want to be your heart sent to be coherent absolutely and that that creates your electromagnetic field of energy and that attracts you to people the same frequency as your electromagnetic field that's powerful so mm-hmm. it's kind of like um not just to walk the walk talk to talk you got to walk the walk you mm-hmm. can't just be like you, you need to like your mind and I, I i love this phrase that the uh the uh 
the river of transcendence flows when you think with your heart and you feel with your head and it mm-hmm. kind of um it's kind mm-hmm. of like an alchemical mm-hmm. wedding I between yeah i love that you like words. you like my chocolate yeah. poetry right that's what i call it chocolate nubian poetry anytime i say wisdomatic um rants like that cool mm-hmm. lines but yeah <laughs> i feel like when you because more often than not there's this discord i find i think we're talking about this earlier you know it's like yeah we were talking about between this like what you feel like you want to do your heart and then what your head's telling you to do and we're all going through that it's kind of like you know that you shouldn't go after this girl or this this chocolate guy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know and then you're you're your, your head's telling you oh you can't he's crazy you know these these chocolate guys are fucking crazy you know and then you're you're yeah it's like <laughs> there's this disconnect and then eventually you know you find out the hard way it's like yeah <laughs> but you know what it's like yeah have you had have you had struggles in your life on the romantic side like what's it been like for you as an asian persuasion vietnamese girl growing up in australia mate i mean i experienced abandoned early um in my childhood so that really affected the way that i perceived um love you know what i mean abandoned a pretty little thing like you well parental like neglect oh neglect so your parents were there but they weren't really there yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they were physically there, but emotionally absent. And that really did affect me. I mean, everyone experiences trauma differently. But for me, I'm, I was quite a sensitive person. I really did. Um, I was the type of person that really needed, like, emotional nurture in order to grow and develop into a fully, like, you know, um, grown person. And so that really did affect the way that I perceived love. I was al- always always chasing after unavailable people people who just didn't like me and that was because of the conditioning you know that the subconscious conditioning i had when i was a child because i didn't have that um you know like physical support i mean like emotional support unavailable parents when they keep stonewalling walling you every time you want to like talk to them talk to them about things you know want to um talk about your emotions they will stonewall you they will ignore you give you the cold shoulder um talk about different topics and that was shaped the way that i perceived love that i need that the the ideal guy for me was the unavailable guy the guy who's also stonewalls me plays hard to get you know what i mean that's that playing hard to get is a reflection of that bit of trauma that i had chasing after these men who are unavailable you know emotionally unavailable say oh i don't want to be in a relationship sure etc yeah that's a very common thing it seems like i find i don't want to generalize but i'm going to generalize i'd say i go as far as saying most girls seem to be drawn to the unavailable guys like have you have you heard of the uh the the, uh, the story or the idea of the 11th man mm-hmm. yeah as this idea you know where Let's say um, there, there are 10 guys in a room and uh, this attractive woman, so this the Asian persuasion girl, walks into the room and all these guys are, you know, bending over, you know, they're, they're buying her drinks, doing everything for her and doing everything they can for her attention and she takes, you know, takes absolutely no notice of them. And then this um, one guy walks in the room, says hi to Thee <laughs> and, you know, goes and catches up with his other guys, doesn't give her even a second thought. And uh, just just notice that where all the other guys are like, yo, well, yo, check out that eight, that little pocket rocket, yeah. And uh, then that girl is like, what, what is this guy that has no interest in me whatsoever? I'm so drawn to that guy, mm-hmm. and she ends up pursuing that guy. And I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like on a level, it's so true. It sucks though because we all want to be real, right? Mm-hmm. But we know, at least I feel, I, because I've experienced this, and I know a lot of guys have experienced this as well, right? that the more you 
give people the leeway uh, to uh, abuse your 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 intense like feelings for them. Like you give them all your time and you show a tremendous amount mm -hmm. of interest, the more likely they are mm -hmm. to not appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And whereas I wouldn't say all women are like that, by far, absolutely not. But there are a lot of girls that are, and it's typically the women that are so used to being sought after that when they're not sought after, it's like what. What? Oh, okay. Obviously, I they wouldn't say like, girls see. don't sound like that. They'd be I like, see. what? I see where oh you're going. But <laughs> I haven't, like, okay, so to finish what I was trying to say before. Yeah. Um, so, w like, for example, um, like I said, if you have, like, like for someone like me, mm -hmm. being sensitive going up and just not having that father figure that gave me, like, emotional support. Sure. And then I have that, I take it in as a trauma. Right, I take it into trauma. So there's that part of me. I mean, well, there's that dormant part of you that that in everybody that wants to fix things, right? So then, in looking for a guy who's unavailable is also like a symbol of me trying to like fix something that I can't fix. You know what I mean? Sure. Your parents just not wanting to give you that emotional nurture. So you're like, okay, in your subconscious, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to try to attract somebody who I can actually try to fix, you know, fix yeah. this sort of little like hole inside of me, this little like emptiness inside of me that I'm trying to fill up. You know what I mean? Sure. It's yeah. interesting that you are aware of that though. Mm -hmm. um, you're very self-actualized, you know, because yeah, a lot of people, they go it. through things, they experience these things, but they don't know why they feel the way they do. Mm -hmm. seems like you've actually done a lot of thinking or you're, you're connected to that subconscious aspect of yourself mm -hmm. that, does these things that a lot of people wouldn't understand it's about it's all about going that? deep you know yeah getting into your shadow self and digging up the ugly parts of you and i had to grow in the most confronting way ever i grew in the most confronting intense environment and it's got me to where i am today where where i was like i was like flat out you know rejected by numerous guys over the over the course of my lifetime and it just it killed me each and every time it killed me that because i was you know i was not changing i was still attracting the same unavailable guy but i knew deep down i needed to change there was something going on deep within me that mm -hmm. i had to like bring up to the surface and examine it you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um the last guy who like flat out rejected me and i remember just I collapsed because like that was like I had enough already. Mm -hmm. I had enough um, energy, you know. I had enough of myself just giving energy to like unavailable people. Sure. And that forced me to look deep within. Yeah, because it hurts you, right? Like really as much hurt. as as much yeah. as you say you like looking, you yeah. find yourself going out to these guys that are going to reject you. Like yeah. each time you do that, I think most people they sink a little lower and it becomes difficult to open yourself up because yeah. it hurts, right? Yeah, it's like, it hurts. It, granted, I think it's important to go through these things, you know, because mm -hmm. it forces you to grow, mm -hmm. but like there's only so much, um, you know, like rejection you can uh, you can experience mm -hmm. before it mm -hmm. starts to affect, like mm -hmm. why, I heard a close friend of mine said this one time, you know, and she, she was breaking down in tears, like why, she's a you know, really beautiful girl, like, and mm -hmm. uh, she's like, why, why do these guys, you know, why don't they, why don't they like me? It was only like one guy. Um, you usually you know, the girl yeah, usually and I was like, obsesses like, you have over all these the guys. Guy. Yeah, that's falling yeah. over you. But yeah. the way that it affected her, like, yeah. what's wrong with me? Yeah. And I, because yeah. of that, I've noticed. Let me know if this is your thing, because there's so many girls that will do everything mm -hmm. not to be rejected. They take it the other way. It's like if there's even any chance of a guy breaking up with them, 
they will break up with him before that guy breaks out with him. Because yeah. the idea of experiencing rejection mm-hmm. is it's so been, painful for them. It feels like you're being abandoned all over again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. the psychology yeah. behind it. You feel like you're being abandoned all over again. And then just, I, I recently, I mean, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Okay. Where Bipolar. you feel intense oh, is that abandonment. Like you, you could yeah. be in a perfectly healthy relationship, but... Mm. Within the mind of a person with a borderline personality disorder thinks this person's going to abandon them, cheating behind their back, lying to them. Sure. Yeah, so they feel these intense fear and they would do silly things, you know what I mean? They would sabotage mm. that healthy relationship. And then when that guy's like done, that patient, loving, supportive guy is done with them, he leaves and that's when she she's like, oh my God, it's true, no one loves me. It's because she can't see things, you know, clearly for what they truly are she sees things like black and white you know what i mean and this also goes for guys like men have borderline personality disorder but they don't show it the same way as women do but they do as well from varying mm. degrees they are also men who are experiencing things intensely as well and they're just shut down completely sure yeah so when you say your, your parents were uh, you felt like they emotionally abandoned you i mean obviously you know they, mm-hmm. you had a, a roof over your head you went through education yeah um they did you, did you get an allowance when you were growing up? I, I didn't get allowance until I was in high school and I was like, yes, I got a few dollars for the yes, week. Yes, yes, yeah, um, I did. But you I did get allowance? some pocket money. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, like... It's, uh, it's a little bit something. So what, what would they... I mean, I don't want to shame you. your parents or anything. My parents would probably... Like, my parents would be like... My parents would always say, you know, you love me when you're older for... For me treating you hard yeah, like this, exactly, and like, no, exactly. I'm just I mean, resenting you. I mean, they did. They they came from a it's time like, of scarcity. They didn't have materialistic yeah. things that we have now. So to them, love is equal to money. Love is equal to food on the table. Yeah. Love is equal to like doing things for you. You know, taking you yeah. to school and making sure your, that you're strong. Because yeah, this exactly. is the difficult thing. I think as a mother, I, I asked a, a a friend of mine. She's becoming a mother at the time I asked her this like if she had to choose between having a child and treating that child so well that the child was in like they were so close it was ridiculous or treating that child in a way where even though the child may not love her as much the child was going to be better at life and succeed because they had gone through the difficulty with discipline to actually be successful Mm. and she chose um the latter you know and the thing is it's and like it really made me think she's she said to me that you know it's basically her job like if you really love your child like you want your child to be successful to thrive mm-hmm. do you think your parents um a lot of the things that they were doing they're doing from the mindset of look this is what they needs to do needs to deal with it in order to be successful mm, that's what i mean they're just doing what their parents did to them you know what mm. i mean my mom like endured a lot of beating and uh, verbal abuse from yeah. her parents so I really do see the link there. Mm. You know? well, yeah, it's but what they think is necessary yeah. to bring about mm-hmm. a particular. And s- and let's result, say you know? if you if you speak up, you stand your ground, you speak up to the abuse, the emotional abuse. She would, my mom would say, I'm nowhere near as your grandmother, mm. nowhere near as your grandmother. She was ten times worse. I don't think she w- would even be alive. Yeah. If you were living in my time, in my shoes. At least there's improvement, there. right? I mean, that's not good yeah, enough. It's like, yeah, if someone is... Um, yeah, there has been improvement. Is, is only beating you, beating the shit out of you once out of every seven days, you know, as opposed to seven days a week, you know? Um, I mean, it's still, it's not like... It should, I'd rather them, them just not be doing yeah. it at all, right? But I guess, like, mm-hmm. she does have PTSD. Like, she was growing up during the time of the Vietnam War. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, between the south and the north okay. of Vietnam. So she does have PTSD, you know, all those bombings and living in scarcity yeah and then the communists changing the dollar currency so then all the money that my grandmother and grandfather made mm. 
was all for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy so to think that our parents lived through some some crazy mm, some times. Some really you know? crazy intense time. Days yeah. when they starved. They had nothing to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was told by someone recently that I shouldn't do this um, when I'm looking at... because th- But it helps me, you know? Like, people mm-hmm. say compa- you should never compare your situation to someone else's. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm one of these people that I see, you know, Misery Gloves Company. It's kind of like when you're going through shit and you realize that everyone else is going through that shit, it's like, oh, it's not so bad, you know? It's like when you're watching exactly. shows like, uh, yeah. you know, like not Oprah, but, you know, they used to have these really, um, like, like crazy shows, like Do- Dr. Phil, that's a classic example, right? Mm-hmm. When you see some, some crazy mofo girl, like, that's just, like, she, you know, she's sleeping with her, 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 her brother or something like that and saying, you know, I don't fucking care. It's just some ridiculous thing. And then you're like, oh, thank God I don't have it that bad, right? And, I would often look at the stuff that people went through in the past or think people that are going through otherwise, other, elsewhere, and it would, I hate saying that it would comfort me, but it would make me feel as if it puts things into perspective. It makes you realize, you know what, you shouldn't be complaining. Like, did your mar- parents ever tell you, like, you know, don't waste your food, think about all the starving people in Africa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, I mean, that never worked on me. But it's kind of that logic. It's like, <laughs> how can I be complaining when other people have got it so bad? But that being said, I feel like the right thing to say is to say, I mean, there is no right thing to say, right? But it's like your issue, regardless of how small it is, is important to you. And mm-hmm, I, it, exactly. I don't want to undermine mm-hmm. the importance of that. Mm-hmm. But it is good when you can shift your perspective. Like anything you can shift. do to yeah, give you exactly. a better perspective that's going to yeah. help you to yeah. get by, you know? So my perspective is like, oh, it's good to know a lot of people are going through the same kind of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> In yeah. varying degrees. In varying yeah. degrees. Did you f- it comes down to your perspective as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up with a really pessimistic way of perceiving life. And I guess it was passed on, passed down from my mom. You know what I mean? She has mm-hmm. a really perspective, pessimistic way of perceiving life because she was growing up in that time and era. Mm-hmm. Right? So she passed it on to me. And I was like thinking there's nothing that I'm not experiencing like the you know detrimental like effects of war but i'm feeling sure, it sure. i'm feeling it inside of me and i think it must be from inside a womb you know what i mean oh yeah yeah like you have you heard of epigenetics mm-hmm. yeah yeah there I've, are a lot of things yeah. that affect you environmentally you know even mm. during like during the uh pregnancy stages mm. you know and it's it's crazy like they've, they've shown tests bruce lipton speaks about yeah. this a lot about how they found when a mother is uh surrounded around more stressful environments you know um the the arms and the legs of a child will actually grow longer Strangely enough, um, I mean, I'd be inclined to think there are certain aspects, though, that are probably negatively affecting the child, you know, like, because you don't want to be going through all this stress and stuff, you know. It, it's weird because stress can either act as a catalyst to forcing you to grow. I mean, that's mm-hmm. essentially how you grow muscles, you know. Mm-hmm. Your muscles break down and then they have to build up stronger. Yeah. And on a level, mentally, it also ha- works like that. Like, if you go through certain levels of trauma, like, you get beaten up enough times, yeah. it's not so bad, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you need to go through the right kind of stress like there's something called eustress it's a greek word and it's the kind of stress it's the kind of resistance where it's enough to force you to grow but if you get too much of that stress too much of that like you you work out too hard you haven't done that you break a uh, an arm or something like that and then you can't work for like a whole year that doesn't do you any good so it's always about finding the level of resistance that's going to allow you to grow in life mm-hmm. and that's the tricky thing it's the sweet spot because look i i love the quote from jfk don't ask for an easy life. Ask to become a stronger person in order to be able to face those mm-hmm, those difficult challenges. Mm-hmm. A paraphrase. And but one of the things that we need to know is like the the, the better we get, mm-hmm. the harder it gets. 
and that's something I play in my mind all the time. It's like playing a game, and you know, yeah. you level up, it gets harder. You level up, it gets harder. That's how I see it. It's Absolutely. Like, yeah. The universe will bring challenges to mm -hmm. you when you were ready to deal with it, you know? It's interesting, because I think there's this idea, this is a John uh, DiMartini idea, that um, there are two ways to face life. One is to completely avoid difficulties, challenges, right? And uh, one is to face them. And you think that by avoiding these challenges, you can have mm. a, a much easier mm -hmm. life. But the universe mm -hmm. has this way of, uh, if you avoid these challenges, a lot of mm -hmm. the times, the mm -hmm. universe will bring challenges to yeah, you. So you will exactly. eventually have to face it. Yeah, exactly. So by going out and confronting the stuff that you're mm -hmm. most afraid of, it will allow you to, like all the right kind of people will come to you in order to allow mm -hmm. you to confront that it's love karma uh, yeah as opposed to avoiding yeah. that completely and you'll find mm -hmm. that stuff is going to hit you somewhere down the line anyway mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you know i as much as i and look i suck at this as well i i try to do that which i'm most afraid of you know whether it's like you know man let me message this quick girl you know quick right here you know i know i, I don't want to like get rejected but fuck it, i'm going to do it just because you know i'm apprehensive you know it might not be a big deal to a lot of people but mm -hmm. if it scares you if you're apprehensive about something yeah follow that if it's yeah. like going out and applying for that job and you're like, no, I don't want to do it, do it anyway mm -hmm. because the person that you become yeah. from doing that thing mm -hmm. is more important than mm -hmm. whether or not you get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's important because um, you want to... You want to maintain alignment of your chakras and I'm, I'm going a little bit too okay, deep Okay, let's get like deep into spiritual, metaphysical, y'all. Like when, you're, when, you, when you hold on to a fear... Mm -hmm. It gets it activates the three centers of your body, the first three centers, and you keep doing that repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you lose energy. You know what I mean? You're pulling energy out. You're pulling energy from your electromagnetic field. You're drawing it in, mm -hmm. and eventually, you're like pretty much like a piece of metal without a charge, mm -hmm. right? And then that that's how you fall back, you know, fall back and fall back and fall back instead of moving forward and forward and forward. Yeah. Because you're like your your field is getting diminished and you're becoming, you know, absolutely a person without purpose and drive and hope now because your your self esteem is going back, 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 back. Yeah. You know? Just to give the, the audience a bit of like a, a backdrop in regards to what you're saying there, essentially like Thea's mm -hmm. making reference to the, the chakras and the first three centers relate more to survival, mm -hmm. emotional. The idea is that. You're trying to bring yourself, your 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 consciousness to a state of higher thinking, awareness, yeah. like mm -hmm. the the higher chakras. Mm -hmm. Let's look at these as archetypes. They deal with things uh, more in the in the realm of like spirituality, like the heart chakra is more universal consciousness, and then you move into the higher chakras, deals more with clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairvoyance, and so forth. But the first chakra is more about survival, so it's very much activated by fear. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you were staying in this chakra, granted, you know. You are you are living your life, and you're you know you're caught up with you know sex, drugs, and you know enjoying mm -hmm. yourself. But it prevents you from bringing about this efflorescence of consciousness in the same way that a flower grows from the roots, right? But doesn't stay there. It eventually opens up, it opens up its flowers, and mm -hmm. then allows the sun to illuminate it and uh, become this majestic part of the entire planet universe you know and that's what you want to happen uh -huh. to yourself and if you and look i suck at this as well because i'm all about man i just want to have a good time sex drugs rock and roll you know i mean i, I mm -hmm. don't take drugs you know i do m music and i mm -hmm. you know I, I like the senoritas however i always try to think about what i can do to bring about that that mm -hmm. uh, ascension that yeah yeah that yeah. The homeostasis, that alignment, because we, we overdo things. Yeah. Not I thought you said homey, 
homie stasis there. Homie I was like, stasis. that homie like state of mind, you know, like you're my homie, but Sometimes you're homie stasis. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I heard it. You, you actually pronounced it right. I was just I was like, I like that homie. <laughs> yo, man, it's all about that homie stasis, yo, being with your homies. But you mean, yeah, like uh, balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Thea, you're obviously a very conscious girl. You know, you're all about the uh, spirituality. Have you, have your parents brought you up to be like that? Is that like, are you a Buddhist or something? Uh, my parents are Buddhist. I wouldn't say they they are like stern uh, Buddhist believers, or like you know mm. those um very dis- disciplined. What is a Buddhist? Followers. What is a Buddhist? Miss theology. A Buddhist is an enlightened human being. Simple as that. When people complicate things. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So someone that has learned to uh, to live in the world but be not of it. It's pretty dope, wasn't it? It's <laughs> pretty enlightened. An enlightened person. Before they became enlightened, they mm. carry water and chop wood. Yeah. After they became enlightened, can you can they you say that in, your, your be, in a heavy Vietnamese wood. accent? Because I feel like it always sounds more. It sounds better in Chinese. Yeah. Can you can you say that with a Chinese. your Chinese kind of accent? Just give it a shot. What you were saying. Before you become enlightened, you chop wood, and carry water. After you become enlightened. You still carry water and chop wood. Oh, wow. I feel like that just really got to me. Even though, like, you know, I mean, the words were, were, were the same as what you... Like that, it's something that the Can you do that all the time? Say. Yeah, can you, can you do that all the time? It's like people just sound... There's certain accents that make you sound more spiritual. It's like Asian, Chinese, like, you must become like water. What, you, it is like a finger pointing to the moon. You will miss all the heavenly glory if you do not be like water. You know, I, I, can you speak like that all the time? I'd be calling you up. Theo, I need some spiritual counseling. My, my parents are abusing me. Don't worry. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, so um, your parents were Buddhist and you were brought up. Did, like, did, did you go to Buddhist school or something? Or is that just something that you're... I mean, how do you become a Buddhist? Um, I remember the first time I went to the temple when I was like the, at the age of six. And I was like thinking to myself, why do I have to bow before a statue right that yeah. i was thinking for myself i was thinking critically at that age already why do i have to bow before a statue like what does the statue mean you know what i mean what what significance does this statue have on people why are people so um so praising like why are people praising this statue that just looks really nice so i think that was a starting point of me just just going off and doing going off in a direction very different to my mom's and my dad's and just getting onto this spiritual path because mm-hmm. i was when i was young i was always asking myself questions like what's my purpose on life why was i born into this body mm-hmm. i was i would sit in class yeah. and ask myself those questions instead of like um listening to the teacher read a book you know what i mean the, the mm-hmm. yeah yeah and sounds like you were far before your time you know and i always yeah. felt like I was out of place, you know what I mean? I never felt mm. like I fit in. And it was tough growing up. Yeah. You would have like all these thoughts that your friends would be like, why are you thinking like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, snap out of it. My, my indigo sister, yeah. Indigo. I, I feel that, yeah. yeah. I, went through a, I went through a lot of that as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had mm-hmm. some very, very, um, very intense experiences as a child. But um, now this is about you. So you've obviously had uh, a rough childhood in terms of the trauma, parental, you know? Smackery, yes, Very and uh, it's affected your relationships. Um, mm-hmm. How how has that affected like your your 
your overall attitude towards um, life in terms of what you want to achieve? Like, what, what do you want to do with your life and what do you want to bring into the universe it's, based off of the experiences you've had? It's really changed the way I perceive my life. Like, um, when I got into high school, I was starting to think... I was, I was getting into a slump. I mean, like, I would get into depression and I'll sink, you know, I'll get into this little spiral. Um, because to me, I mean, from all the things that was happening to me in my life, you know, health crisis, abusive parents, you know, having an autistic brother, a brother you just just couldn't connect. You know, you try to connect. It's just so difficult to connect with a kid, you know what I mean? Your, your brother was autistic? Well, is, is, he's is, still yeah, autistic. So. And it was just... You just so I what does that mean, if you don't mind me asking? Because I hear th- I, they're very different kinds of... Very uh, different. Yeah, 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 yeah so they're just... To me, he's special. Sure. I'd say he's special. Yeah. He's special. He's just different. I would say he's like a spiritual messenger sure. on this planet. You know what I mean? They just feel things so much. They they can sense little vibrations. You know what I mean? Mm. And they they get angry and agitated because they don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because in the current world, we look at that as some kind of like a, a negative when I feel like in the, a time not that long ago, mm-hmm. these people have been looked at as the priests, the shamans, those that were more connected to things, Very more connected. not at this earthly yeah. plane. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, sorry to interject there. So your your brother obviously went through some, some of the difficulties that you yeah, went through. Went, yeah, yeah. He went through a lot of difficulties mm-hmm. simply because his he's sensitive but to the next level like we're sensitive but they're Mm. like next level like yeah next level sensitive and it was really tough because he would scream he would like push the tv over he will make it super difficult and my mom having ptsd that that would just drive her off the wall yeah and i was just i didn't know how to deal with things at home you know what i mean so Mm. i would start to contemplate I would try to seek answers from above, you know what I mean? I would just be like, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? Why do I, why is my life so difficult compared to my friends? You know, why why do they have such an easygoing life? And so that really deterred me away from the academic life, you know what I mean? I wasn't really invested into like, like chemistry or mathematics. Mm. But life is academic, right? I know. Going through experiences is like somehow. That's that's a school of life that we're forgetting, you know what I mean? School of hard knocks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people who do academically really well in school may not do so well, you know what I mean? Mm. Learning a bunch of, of things that yeah. you're probably not going to use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The whole education system is taking a tremendous turn. I mean, so yeah. many of the universities are realizing that um, like online is the way to go. Like, information mm-hmm. is such a... is. I mean, there's so much of it that people don't need to go through the same avenues. And I just feel like the entire notion of what it means to be academic has been turned on its head. Mm-hmm. And I think people that have real life experience uh, are obviously going to be more sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, but more specifically, I think um, just this idea that you need to be book smart in order to, to get by mm-hmm. is, um, is just, it's, it's not the way, you know, like it's always better to have the kind of knowledge that you can apply, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge without um, ap- you being able to apply it is not real it's yeah, not real wisdom, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean mm. like I mean I wouldn't I won't um I won't shun people who want to go on that path. That's their mm-hmm. choice, you know. I'm not here to say, you know, you know, rebel from class, rebel from school, you know, mm. ditch school, you know, drop out. You're a bit of a rebel though, aren't um, you? You like to rebel from things. <laughs> mm. I mean, my 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 ultimate question all the time would be, how do I be happy? You know what I mean? What's happiness? Sure. That's the question I always ask myself. What is happiness? Mm. And for me, it was definitely not to Academic do like path. 12 years of school, you know what mm. I mean? To be a doctor. Um, so what makes you happy the most right now? In, like in terms of fulfilling 
your life's purpose? I would say just to be myself, live like follow my heart's desire, whatever it is, whatever. Well, makes what is your me heart's like desire? Because I know you have some passions, like you've mm-hmm. spoken to me about, like your art. It's animation. Just like second nature that, to me, like yeah. art, like sketching. I, I, I do it really well. I mean, uh, when I was young, people would like. Um, my peers would like be really amazed by it. They would like surround. They would like yeah. surround me in a circle, and they'll ask me about the drawing that I just drew, and they'll ask me, "Did you really draw that?" I mean, I just I don't think you drew that because it looks exactly the same. Well, why are you showing me your art? I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen like in a little animation that you drew. <laughs> yeah. You drew an animation of me, and you know, it was yeah. pretty cool. You know, it was like saying, yeah. I was riding some unicycle, saying boom shakalaka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was really cool. Sketch. Yeah, five that minutes. was yeah, that was that's five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, like do you yeah. do you, do you do a lot of that kind of stuff or? I I do it. I mm. need to do it so then I can get into the three D the three D yeah the three D animation. So it's slow transition from the two yeah. D to three D. Yeah, because I, I mentioned this to you. I'd love to do. I'd love to see you do something where you use your animation and you talk about the stuff that you're you're very passionate mm-hmm. about the theology. I just had an idea. You should create a channel, right? called theology and mm-hmm. you talk about all this stuff in regards to buddhism spirituality dealing with trauma right and then you animate it similar to there's a channel that is huge on the tubes right um it's called spirit science right you guys got to check this out i think out. it's spirit verse i think he changed the name he changed the name yeah. oh so you're on top of this stuff yeah but um i think, I think his name's jordan yeah my man jordan uh yeah this guy's dropping some powerful esoteric mm-hmm. knowledge and he's made it so palpable and i love that stuff because when you can make something that is so complicated easily accessible to the the masses mm-hmm. you know it's that's the digital pivot that's what's uh-huh. going on these days you uh-huh. know everybody loves a bit of animation like absolutely they love it yeah you know, i like, would there's a kid in everybody yeah. i that enjoys animation. i would love to see you do that obviously you gotta give me 20 percent royalty though because i came up with the idea theology <laughs> i'm a businessman ladies and gentlemen <laughs> but uh oh i'm sorry I'm, you know she's only a small little one i, I smacked her really hard you know <laughs> So, um, Thee, wow. So, what else do you do you do with yourself? You're into the animation. You're a bit of a social media junkie, aren't you? Like, you like um, um, flaunting yourself around like me, you know? Like, I'm always serenading people on TikTok, which I'm on right now. Sorry, guys. Sorry I haven't been interacting much with you guys. I'm too busy talking to this lovely sweet girl over here. But uh, be sure to... I'm going to be posting this up on my YouTube channel. I'll send you the link to it. You can find find me on TikTok and whatnot. But anyway, I digress. Um... Yeah, I'm a social media whore, and apparently you have a thing for that too. Like, do you do you uh, have a social media presence? Do you want to um like mm-hmm. create um content online? Do the whole social social media thing? I'm actually on a break now. Like, on a break. I'm on a detox. Detox. So st- I've been off like social media since like January 2022. Oh wow! But before that, I was doing a lot of like um. I was doing a lot of like posting, posing, and you know, taking photos of myself. Okay, so taking photos like, yourself. The typical, you know, yeah. the typical girly stuff. What's typical? Because typical girly stuff on Instagram is like showing your ass and like flaunting it. And Pretty much that. that oh, sums sweet. It up. Why didn't you? I, w- I want your Instagram account. You know, ladies um, and gentlemen, if you want to see um, pictures of these scantily clad, you know, hit her, <laughs> hit her up on her social media. <laughs> Because you can get when a lot I'm of money from that stuff now. Like, I, I can't believe. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, but it's really competitive because a lot of people are doing it. Absolutely. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know there's some I'm girl. I'm out of that. I'm out of that game. Because you detox from social I media detox, in general, yeah, right? It, it was getting way too toxic for me. What's, what to- what's toxic about social media? Because it's like people detox from food, from toxic relationships. And it seems like the 21st century is all about social media detox now. Is mm-hmm. social media bad? Or is it something you need in moderation? 
Why is social media not a good thing in, in certain situations? In certain situations, yeah. basically, they're very clever. I mean, they all they got it all figured out. You know what I mean? The science yeah. behind it, psychology behind it. They're trying to implant something, a little mm. seed in your subconsciousness, that little ping of the button, the way that the the way they delay the news yeah. feed popping up. You know, it's mm -hmm. an addiction. It's yeah. a dopamine, dopamine rush. rush yeah. So it gets you coming back and back and back. Absolutely. And not only that, every time you post something, you get a rush of dopamine. Yeah. But just as quick as it comes, Is it dopamine disappears. a bad thing though? Like if I'm getting it's lots of dopamine. It's not a bad thing, I but once you, once you like, you, you over, you over like run stimulate, those, like yeah. overstimulate those like dopamine little circuits. It's yeah. It's no good. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I can only think of the negative side for me being like when I feel like, you know, it's like when you're getting something good, but then you're not getting it anymore. And it's like, why do I feel annoyed the fact that mm -hmm. I don't get enough likes? Mm -hmm. Why aren't there enough? Why aren't there 2,000 people that are viewing me right now? Guys, I'm joking. I appreciate the, uh, the three viewers out there. You know, it's not about the quantity. <laughs> it's about the quality. I always say that. But the thing is, like, you do want more, right? It's like, I want more. More. Why can't I get more? And then when you don't get that more, you get frustrated. And I suppose that's a negative side, right? <laughs> but I suppose you could say that about life. Like, I mean, like, it's got, I mean, this is how bad it's gotten. I mean, mm. there was a person that committed suicide because he wasn't getting enough likes on TikTok. I believe that. Yes. Sure am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're living in a point yeah. now where it's, mm -hmm. where is people talk, used to speak about currency, like money, money, money. Now it's all about clout. It's all about having that attention. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. why do I only have 1,000 followers? You know, Logan Paul has 10 billion I want to. I want to be like that. They're trying to distract us. Yeah, you know but it's I mean? like, yeah. It's always that's why I'm trying to get out of the matrix. You know what I mean? That's the matrix for me. Yeah, that's the conscious thing for the it. You know, matrix. it's like on on one level with all the humility that I can muster, I feel like I am, I am the shallowest person in the fucking universe. You know, and I'm proud of it. It's like I love the social media. It's like hell. I'd be I'd be flaunting my stuff left, right, and center. You know, showing my ass in social media if um you know there was a there was a market for it. But I don't think you guys want to see my ass, do you? But they, you know, I pretty, pretty, got, a, got a pretty nice ass. You know, I think I got a pretty nice. But the thing is, uh, <laughs> I I don't get down. I don't get bummed in the same way. Like I. I feel like I'm healthy enough to actually, I, my whole thing in life is I want to entertain people. I want to influence people. And uh, I think as a performer, there is something very powerful about knowing that you are being reached. Like no artist, painter, like this is the idea, right? Creates a painting and doesn't sign it because they want to gain some kind of recognition from the work that they created. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything inherently bad about wanting to know that you're having a positive impact on people. Mm -hmm. So on a level, I very much am the kind of person that does want to be on social media. I do want to reach people um, because that's my mission in life because I want to have a positive impact. I want to inspire people through music. Um, and that being said, I, it's just fun when you get to interact with people mm -hmm. and even more fun when you're talking about things that you're passionate about. Yeah. That's why I have this podcast. Mm -hmm. And then other people hit me up and they're like, yo, man, I feel what you're talking about. Then you meet all these people that are interested exactly. in the same stuff you it are. It opens the door to yeah. like meeting all people from all walks of life that's the, absolutely that's the beauty of doing being a podcast host absolutely yeah so um so you've taken a hiatus from social media mm -hmm. since since january mm -hmm. are you planning on, on making a comeback are you gonna start up your your instagram perhaps open an <laughs> OnlyFans account or something and have all have all the guys hit you up what's your plan and what do you what do you feel about that stuff um i'm just enjoying my life at the moment it's okay. amazing it's been amazing just not having my two eyes glued to the screen all the time mm. so we'll see we'll see we'll see mm -hmm. yeah 
because I I've been thinking lately, um, like I really want to reach a point where I mean my whole thing for the last couple of years I've been calling myself a content creator. You know, whereas I just make YouTube videos and you know just try to, but because it's become so lucrative, how dare, how rude of you to have your phone <laughs> turned off when we're having this incredibly important podcast? And shame on you, Fee. But um, <laughs> no, I think being a content content creator has actually become the most one of the most lucrative areas of business. Or so people that are even just creating content um, because they're businesses that want this kind of stuff. Like you, people that are on TikTok right now, like there are so many ways to earn money. Like you can. You can have a look at uh, companies that are advertising things, and you can try to recreate the things that they're advertising on TikTok, and you can hit them up, you know, if you can do it better. Um, but more important, like for someone like me, um, using these avenues to actually earn money is a viable thing. There's so many people out there that are, I mean, hell, that have OnlyFans accounts, and they're raking in, you know, thousands of dollars a month, or people yeah. that are creating content um, using uh, cryptocurrencies, like they're platforms that pay you for making posts like uh, Hive, which is a platform I'm on. But I just feel like it's a real way to actually create business, whereas in the past people would look at that as some kind of hobby. So as a way of not just fulfilling your passion, your career, but also um, making a living, being able to sustain yourself, mm-hmm. I think it's lucrative. Have you have you tried, um, like, is, is that, what's your goal in terms of um, uh, the, the career path and things like that? Like, do, do you aim to... To, to make a living through social mm-hmm. media or, I what, mean, or stick the animation? What's your, to, what's your goal? I would love to be a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be an, an animator one day. Okay. That's like, that's my passion. I realize I lose time to that. Like I'm just, it's just like you're in the moment. I mean, you're in flow state. Absolutely. And that's, you know, where your heart is at. So you got to yeah. follow your heart. Absolutely. Yeah, I often say that, you know, the most amazing thing, the success to me is doing what you love doing mm-hmm. and not having to think about the money, you know, like when you're in a point where you don't like I heard I, I watched this video of David Getter. He was asked how much money he gets paid. Like Someone asked him, do you get paid 37 million a year? It's like, I don't know. But then he said, you know, it's it's a good place when you know you don't care about how much money you make, you know, and it's like when you were doing something and you were able to create so much value that you're not concerned about the amount of value you're creating because you know it's being so impactful mm-hmm. and you're rewarded. Um, I, I think being rewarded with money, it's just showing that your stuff is being appreciated, is being valued. And that's a good place to be at where you're doing something you love doing though. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to earn money doing something that you don't like. That's how mm-hmm. most people look mm-hmm. at work, right? Um, but it's a really difficult and noble thing to actually devote yourself towards something you're passionate about and then find you never have to work a day in your life. Mm. And uh, that's something that I I will spend my whole life, you know, striving for. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I do that part time to some extent at the moment. But yeah. you know, like when when I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore, mm-hmm. maybe that's just being re- unrealistic. You know, I think there's probably probably be always something that you don't want to do, right? But in terms of money, like I don't have to do the stuff I don't want to do for money. That's that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seemed would I would I be right in saying your goal is um is along that line like yeah, trying to yeah exactly yeah mm. um passion first passion comes first like mm-hmm. and then and then that will produce money absolutely I I love the idea of having like there's this word called uh, uh I forget it's a Japanese word um uh, it'll come to me another time. But essentially, it's when you have come to you, yeah. Yeah, it's when you have all of these different attributes aligned. So your passion, your vocation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that which you can be paid for, that which you love. Ikigai. 
That's the word. It's a Japanese word. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, I, can, I have a mission. Like a lot, of, a lot of people don't know this about me other than just making content, you know, to entertain. Like I, yeah, I'm involved in things that I'm obviously passionate about, you know, in terms of like uh, relating to, you know, the freedom movement, relating to like animals, animal rights, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm all about that. But ultimately, when you can be bringing all of these things together, that is a, that's a powerful place to be at. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it always really good is. when you when you meet like-minded people that are, mm. are, um, are focusing sure. on on things that align with mm-hmm. you, your stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the stuff that you do is mm-hmm. like we have a lot in common in terms of the spirituality thing mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. like. Uh, you're you're a big gangster, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit a bit about that? Why Why do you eat plants? You know, thought <laughs> thought you need to eat meat in order to be healthy. I just, I don't know. I just feel better when I'm eating plants. You okay. Know? It's just, yeah. I feel better. I feel like I'm more connected. To more Mother connected? Earth. Mother Earth? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's good to be connected to mm-hmm. the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. to be destroying every aspect of Mother Earth, mm-hmm. living uh, in mm-hmm. harmony with this thing, like, mm-hmm. in a in a homeostasis, right? With your homies. You want to be in an ecosystem, not an ego system. Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. Dropping some conscious knowledge. Uh-huh. See, that's what, that's what Thea is all about. She's all about the... Uh, ecosystem oh wait wait no, no. E- eco <laughs> see that's my place the ecosystem all about everybody look at me come and follow me i want you guys to look at my ass um pay me lots of money and pay me lots give me lots of attention no it's all about eco space is that is that what you said or did i just come up with that myself eco i like that even better eco space right <gasps> i just came up with a new word <laughs> eco space yeah that's what it's all about finding your eco space ladies and gentlemen i think i might make this make that the title of this uh podcast mm. <laughs> why not eco space sounds dope yeah so um Thee. now i know you're taking a hiatus from the social media but do you want to just um i mean in the event that you do want to get back on there do you want to let us know how people can get a hold of you check you out perhaps stalk you do you have an only fans i'm sure people want to like check you out on that i'm not active on there oh anymore. damn <laughs> damn it people more people need to have only fans account i'm thinking of making one if anyone wants to ch- check out my ass <laughs> look up Chocolate Nubian um, ass cheeks um, and for, for only fans forward slash chocolate Nubian ass cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Hopefully I'll get a few subscribers. <laughs> so no no social media at the moment? No, sh- no social media. Oh, wow. I'm All good. Right. I'm All right. good. I'm well, off um, the grid. If you guys want to get in touch with the, the lovely Thee, well, let's, let's see your face here. You know, um, you can you can hit me up and uh, yeah, I'll, I might direct you to her. Oh, wait, she doesn't want to be contacted, right? She's taking a hiatus uh-huh. all right well uh when she when she I'm is on a vacay when she's back in the eco space <laughs> oh see what i did there i will uh i will let you guys know but for now the thank you so much for coming on the crystal journey podcast thank it's been a lovely much. hour thank very you very conscious. much for help for having me yeah it's <laughs> been this is a uh, this you've been my first uh tiktok live stream you know um so uh oh, no amazing. it's good all right well amazing. ladies and gents freaks and geeks um be sure to tell your mom uh, tell your friends about this channel, and uh, um, obviously, if you want to get in touch with Thee, uh, you'll have to uh, stay tuned to me, and I'll let you know when she uh, comes off her hiatus. But you guys can follow me on TikTok. I'm on Patreon. You can find my links through here. Give us a follow, and uh, as I always like to say on my podcast, right? I don't say this on my TikTok streams, but I try to be more wisdomatic on my um, my podcast. There are three things that cannot remain hidden for long. The sun, the moon, and the wisdomatic truth bombs of the chocolate Nubian soul brother, brother, brother. 